Welcome to the Faith Christian Church Podcast. You're listening to a message from one of our many gatherings that we have throughout the week. For more information on service times, ways that you can be a part of the work that God is doing in our communities, and so much more, you can visit our website at faithchristianwi.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. But my number one response to can I have this is, do you have money? And Nora's response every time is, my mom does. <laughs> but uh, she's not here, so it doesn't help. Um, but I know when I was a kid, we would do, we went to a lot of garage sales. It was like mom and dad's favorite thing to do. Weekends was garage sales. Vacations was garage sales. But everything. <laughs> But as a kid, you only have a small allowance, so that's a great place to go buy toys. So I'd get to the grad sales, and I'd go and I'd go straight to the toys, and I'd look at them. wouldn't look at the clothes at all because that's boring to me, so I'd go straight to the toys. I'd find the thing that I'd want, and I'd go ask Mom, can I go buy this? And she'd give me one of two responses every time. Either absolutely not, that's not, you're not going to do it, or if that's really what you want to spend your money on. And of course, it's what I want to spend my money on. I found it. I wanted it. But so I'd take it up, I'd go pay for it, and then I'd get it home, and I'd realize that mom was probably right, really wasn't all that great. I'd build up all these expectations for it, take it home, and it wasn't all that great. But I'd have to pretend that it was everything I ever hoped for, so mom wouldn't be right. And if she didn't know that then, she does now. So, But the point is, sometimes the things that we think we want aren't actually the things that we want. And... As we, we've been talking a lot about David in the last three or four weeks and um, sp- like the phases that he went through in his life to get him to the point where he was king and he was ready to be king. But, and today we're going to talk about his son Solomon. But before we do that, I want to read one verse in 1 Kings 2.4. And I think this is where the story of Solomon really begins. And it's, um, if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully, with all of their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. God made this promise to David in the beginning, that, and Solomon was the first one of his descendants to fulfill the promise. He walked with God faithfully, he followed him, and he lived his life for God, and because of that, he was made the king. And we'll pick up the rest of his story in Second Chronicles 1, 1 through 13. Solomon, son of David, took firm control of kingdom, for the Lord his God was with him and made him very powerful. Solomon called together all the leaders of Israel and the generals and the captains of the army, the judges and the political clan leaders. Then he led the entire assembly to the place of worship in Gibeon, for God's tabernacle was located there. This was the tabernacle that Moses and the Lord's servant had made in the wilderness. David had already moved the ark of God from Kirath Jerem to the tent he had prepared for it in Jerusalem. But the bronze altar made by Bezel, son of Uri, and grandson of Hur, was there at, at Gibeon in front of the tabernacle of the Lord. So Solomon and the people gathered in front, of, in front of it to consult the Lord. There in front of the tabernacle, Solomon went up to the bronze altar in the Lord's presence and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings on it. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied to God, You showed great love and faithfulness. You showed great and you showed great and faithful love to David, my father, 
and now you have made me king in his place. O Lord God, please continue to keep your promise to David, my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me the wisdom and the knowledge to lead them properly, for who could possibly govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, because of your greatest desire is to help your people, and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies, or a long life, but rather you asked for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people. I will certainly give you the wisdom and the knowledge you requested, but I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame, such as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future. Then Solomon returned to Jerusalem for the tabernacle at the place of the worship in Gibeon, and he reigned over Israel. So anyone who's been to Sunday school regularly knows that this is one of the most popular stories that teachers go to. I get it. I've taught it. It's a fun lesson to teach. But I was that kid who grew up in church. I was there every Sunday. We had Sunday school, so I'd go to class. I've heard the story a million times. And I remember after hearing it, anytime someone would get that one free wish, and whether it was TV or a book or whatever, I would just think, you idiot, why wouldn't you ask for wisdom? <laughs> I mean, first of all, you're wise, and then you get everything else, and clearly God likes it, so you're on his good side, but may have missed the point a little bit there, but it's okay. Um, I get it now. But the things that people normally desire in life is to possess riches, to travel the world, to be famous, to fall in love, to always be healthy, to never lose the people that they care about, to go back in time, to be immortal, to always be happy and satisfied, and to stay forever young. If I was Solomon, this probably chose almost any of those on that list, but he wasn't limited in what he could ask for, and yet he still asked for wisdom and understanding. And I think so many times in life, people tend to get what they want, and I think that's because they focus their actions towards meeting their goals. And... Um, even from a young age, we're taught to dream big, that there's always something more, that we can desire something more than where we're at now. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Anyone else? Yeah, most of us, yeah. Um, when I was five, my answer was, I want to be a clown. So <laughs> yeah. I was going to travel circles with the circus. I had some big plans, but... Um, didn't work out, obviously, and as I got older, I changed from wanting to be a clown, and I transitioned into wanting to move out west, and I was going to own a horse ranch, but ride horses all day and chase cows, and anyone who knows me knows I don't like animals that much, so I don't really know where that came from, but um, point is, like, from a young age, we're taught to dream big, and that there's always something more, and what we want the things that we think we want when we're younger don't always end up being what we actually want. Sometimes it does. I mean, some people end up doing what they wanted when they're younger, but obviously I didn't. But or else I'd be with the circus. I think I've developed the healthy fear of clowns that everyone else has. But <laughs> I, I don't know. The, um, but it's a good thing to dream big, and I think that God wants us to. And it's a good thing to teach the kids, whether it's in class or your own kids, to dream, and that there's always something more. And the bigger we dream, the better, because it teaches us to rely on God. It teaches us that it's not all about us. It, we have to lean into God and to know what he wants for our lives. And outside of God giving us the ability to, ability to dream, 
I believe that he dreams with us. He has desires for our lives. And when we align our dreams with God's dreams, our expectations will always be met in a way greater than we could have ever imagined. And Solomon, I think, he understood that. Solomon's desire was to lead the people of Israel that God had given him, the people that God had put under his leadership. His desire was to lead them. And God's desire was not only for him to lead the people, but for him to eventually build a um, t- temple for him. And we'll learn about that in a few weeks to come. But um, at the end of David's life, he called Solomon into him, and he gave him the last few words of advice. And he called him in and told him he was going to be the next king. And he said this, Second Chronicles, or First Chronicles, I think, 28, 9 through 10. And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with all of your heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple in, at his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. I think one of the greatest things that David said in there is take this seriously. He didn't say kind of build your relationship with God, kind of get to know him, kind of serve him, kind of worship him, but take it seriously. Do everything you can. Seek after him and you will find him. Don't forsake him. And be strong and do the work. Before Solomon could do any of, before Solomon could gain the wisdom that he desired, he he had to experience a few things in his life. First of all, he had to have the real relationship with God it and he had to be in the place where he could hear the voice of God coming to him that night and he had to hear him say what do you want to be in that place with God we have to be in the same place if we want our dreams to align with him we have to have that real relationship with God we can't just go through life and only read our Bibles when we feel like it or go to church when it's convenient or when we're at church think of all the different things that we're supposed to be doing after. And so when, if we want to have that relationship, we have to pray and we have to give everything that we have to God. And we have to when not only read the Bible, but study it. And to truly have that relationship with God, we have to put everything that we have, we have to put it all on the line for him because he put it all out for us. Second, he had to ask. He had to take action towards the things that he wanted. He, we unfortunately don't live in the world where cartoons, where you say something and it just magically appears. We actually have to work for it. David told him to be strong and to do the work. Put in the work and it'll happen. We have to take the action towards the things that we want. And thirdly, he had a genuine love for people. He didn't ask God. Sure, there's lots of things that he actually would have wanted. He could have asked for anything on the list. He could have asked for anything that God had said in the for in verse 11 with death of his enemies, fame, fortune. He could have asked for any of that, but instead, he when he was asked, he unselfishly asked for wisdom because he knew that God had given him a great people to lead, and he knew that he couldn't do it without the help of God. He and for us, he knew that it didn't just him and affected the people that he was leading and affected the people that he worked with, the people in his family and the people that he lived with. And for us, we have to realize that the direction
action that we take in our life doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone else. It didn't say that Solomon went to the temple alone to worship. It said that he called together all the leaders of Israel, the generals and the captains, the army and the judges, the political and clan leaders, and he led them all to worship. He took initiative to lead them towards God and to lead the nation of Israel to the right place. today and you're thinking, um, I've had this dream, but for whatever reason, I've set it aside. And, um, I've set it aside, whether for fear, lack of comfort, whatever it is. But you're really thinking that God is calling you to pick it up again and to take off with it. And I just want to encourage you that when God is in something, he's, it's always worth it. It's never worth it ignoring the voice of God. And maybe you're here today and Take a seat. Ken's going to come up and Would you guys give it up for Ashley? Awesome. I love that. I love the no matter the problem, remember the promise. That's, that's, that's amazing. God, God has good things for each and every one of us, no matter where you are in your life or the situation you're in. Dream big, because remember that God is not limited by the things that we're limited by. He is limitless. 
and he's got that for us, for his children. And so I'm excited about that this morning. Uh, just before we dismiss our service today, we're going to take up a special offering to help offset the costs of our kids' summer outreach. Now, the good news is, is like I said earlier, hot dogs and mac and cheese is not that expensive, um, but it sure means a lot to our kids. In Mauston, every year we have over 100 kids who show up for our kids' summer outreach. Last year here in Reedsburg, we had over 25, and I believe we're going to have well over 40 this year to show up for our kids' summer outreach. These are kids who are hearing about the gospel, hearing about the good news of God. Even from the youngest age up to teenagers, we're telling them and we're, we're showing them God's love. And a lot of these, they maybe don't come from the best homes. They don't have the best backgrounds. But in that one week, we get the opportunity to love them like Jesus. And so will you pray with me? And as I pray, I'm going to have the ushers collect the offering. We're going to pray over this offering and believe for big things. God, we thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, God. And I thank you that you said to your disciples so many years ago, let the little children come to me. And so, God, we ask that as we set out on this week of KSO here in the next couple weeks, God, I ask that you would do just that, that you would bring the little children to you, that you would take these gifts that we now give in this offering, that you would shake them down, press them together, and overflow them. Lord, we look expectantly to all that you're going to do inside of this ministry, all of the kids that you're going to reach, and all of the wonderful things that we're going to hear about, the families that will come to know you because of the children's love for you. We ask that you would bless it, Lord Jesus. Shake it down, press it together, and we give it to you today. We look expectantly to all that you're going to do, and we thank you for it. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. The ushers will collect the offering.